This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Ryan Farwold, Bill Cariola, and Michael W. McClure. And by listeners like you who support us through Patreon. Learn how you can support this series and get exclusive content by visiting patreon.com slash relativity. Get even more information about relativity at relativitypodcast.com. The remaining voices in my life. One of them is wisdom and the other is hope. Now, what are the odds of that? The odds of any two names being given. Rhetorical question, Nadia. I don't really want to know the math. I already know it's. That's no coincidence. I've suspected it before, but now I'm sure. Everything fits together. All the impossible things that can't be happening. That's the solution. They're not happening. None of them. <laughs> Are you satisfied now? I figured it out. None of this is really happening. Relativity. Episode 26. In which the cure for madness is sleep. Doctor, you need to take a deep breath. I agree. Your heart rate is extremely elevated. No, I don't have to listen to either of you anymore because I figured it out. I pass. I graduate. So come on. End of simulation. I don't know how you faked all this. I mean, with my spacewalk and everything, but anything's possible in this modern world. I can still hear the water nearby. Chris, if you can get to that water, it should be clean and cool if you just just splash a little bit of it on your face. Not a chance. I don't know what that stuff is really. Well, why do you want me to come into topical contact with it? Does it does it enhance the hallucinogenic effect Doctor, or some other... please return to sick bay. I have medications I can recommend for your current condition. The same medications, I assure you, that you would prescribe for a shipmate with the same symptoms. I don't have any symptoms except clarity of thought and I'm telling whoever's running this ludicrous simulation to open the tank, drop the wall, turn on the studio lights or whatever it is you do when the subject has figured out that he is part of an experiment. Chris, I don't know how to convince you. Come on. I solved the puzzle. It's so obvious. (laughs) Whoever wrote this scenario, they... They couldn't resist naming two characters Hope and Wisdom, and so transparent. Doctor, the names are in fact extremely common. There is no reason to believe that coinciding here is indicative of any larger system at work. But everything else, if it's just some kind of test or experiment, then it can all make sense if it's just... If this is all made up. Chris, honestly, right now I wish I could tell you that you're completely right, and that this has all been just one giant laboratory experiment, but... I'm afraid it just isn't. It's all really happening. No. Interesting, though, that you invoked the name of René Descartes earlier, when his most famous philosophical works addressed this very issue. Just uh, not right now. What are you talking about? René Descartes explored this schism between human perception and objective reality. Regista, this is your mission control flight director, and I'm telling you to shut up and leave him alone. I'm just not hearing it. I'm half the teller. I don't think there are any other voices on here. Oh, hey! Had something new happen? Or what? 
Nothing to do with the ship systems or anything like that, but a major emotional event. Uh-oh. Yeah. For once, Konyichny is more or less fine, but Chris... Dr. Mason, he finally just broke down. And I can't say that I blame him. What do you mean? What happened? He was in the habitat and he started ranting. I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I would call it paranoid delusions. Or something. Oh, no. But he calmed down after a while. Once I told the ship's AI to stop trying to help him. Then he and I talked for a while and he... I convinced him to go back to his quarters or to sick bay or any place familiar. And any place that felt safe where he could just sleep. I hope he follows your orders. And I stayed with him until I got to sick bay. I know he did because I recognize all the sounds that I heard when he was going in there and his life signs now say that that's where he is. So, well, maybe he'll sleep for 10 hours and be a lot better tomorrow. I'm going to talk to him again in just a minute. When he got there, he asked if I'd leave him alone for a short while and I said I would if he promised to still be there when I checked in. To not go flying off to some other part of the ship for no good reason. I know it gets on your nerves. Some days I don't know how you do it. I'm starting to wonder the same thing. I mean, with everything that's going wrong with this mission, and now my sister, and then the stupid prank, it just... <sighs> just adds up sometimes, you know? Quite frankly, any one of those things would be more than enough for anybody. Yeah. I, uh, I try not to think about her when I'm here, but, uh... <laughs> Hearing Dr. Mason just now, just... So paranoid and so delusional, it, it's what my father was like at the end. The virus took him over, and now that's going to happen to Sybil. My sister is going to go insane, and then she will die. I wish there was something. I know you consider suspended animation, and I respect your reasons for deciding against it. Thank you. I think about this <laughs> every waking moment of the day. And if I let them, these thoughts would just crowd out every other thing, and just the thought of putting my little sister into suspended animation for I mean, who knows how long. But the alternative, the only alternative. So I have made up my mind, I mean. I know what I need to do. Then, if I can ask. No. Tell me what you've done with the recording. Um, okay, well, I've slowed it down. I've punched up various dimensions, attenuation and harmonics. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate it so much, and I'm sure you're not finding a damn thing. I'm not an audio expert. Not really. You're the closest to one we have. I could take this as somebody else. I know people. Absolutely not. The last thing I want is for somebody besides you and me to hear this. But you told Dr. Mason, right? I did. And brace yourself for this. He's heard the voices recently again, too. And this time he says, Captain Sedona said, You must remain connected. So, now I have that to deal with, too. <laughs> I'm... I'm gonna go check in with him. I hope I'll call and I'll find him nodding off because he took a powerful tranquilizer. Makes you wish you could administer them from here. Sure, I could talk the ship's AI into slipping something into his food, but let's hope it doesn't come to that. In case I forgot to mention it, thank you for helping me with this... thing. Trying to hear all the voices on that recording. Oh. Hey, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Anything for you. Mission control to Konyechny. Mission control to Konyechny. Uh, Konyechny, I. Just 
Thank you, Sophia. Seriously, I, I, I do appreciate that. So you are in sickbay and settling in? I am in sickbay where I very much belong. Lying on a patient couch under a heavy blanket. And yes, I already swallowed a dose of something that will help me unwind, help me sleep. I guess sometimes it's good to be the doctor as well as the patient. This doctor is not much good because he's exhausted. Physically, mentally, emotionally. He should be under the care of a competent physician. In a fair and just universe, you'd have one standing there beside you. It can be such a comfort, even when the doctor can't do anything but talk with you, help you know you're not alone, encourage you to have a little laugh or even a little cry if that's what you need. Very true. You know what the cruel twist of my situation right now is? In the last five years, I have had some minor illnesses or injuries, and it was always Peter who would, you know, he'd be standing right here talking to me. I mean, he was the ship's doctor whenever I couldn't be. I know you and he were friends, and that's rare and valuable with people you work with all day, every day. So I don't know if you know... Yeah, your computer shared the specimen analysis with ours. Chris... I don't know what to say. Well, we knew the person who went out there and planted an explosive device in the prow of the ship was... It had to be a member of the crew. And there were only 21 of us, so it was going to be somebody I knew. And Oh, and there was something I needed to ask you about that. Something... What was it? Something I need from you before we can find out more about what happened. I have no idea. Yeah, the drugs are taking effect. But yeah, I, I knew it would be somebody, but the guy I worked with every day, I can't get over it. I know. It's like, well, it's not the same thing exactly, but we haven't... I hate the word replaced, but we can't replace the two people in here who were killed by the drug bandits. Their stations are still there, of course, and day after day we have to look at their empty chairs. Yeah, I understand that part. Oh, well, yes, I, I didn't mean that you don't know what it's like to see the places where your friends used to be. No, I knew you didn't. It... It's funny, one of my patient care teachers in college, she reinforced this over and over. When, when you're supporting a patient, when you're showing empathy and connection, the words you never want to hear yourself saying are, at least. I don't understand. Well, like, I, I should never say, well, at least some of your friends are still alive. Oh, I see. Because that does nothing for the pain you feel for the ones you've lost. And I said that's funny because I realized I was just about to say... Well, at least you have Marcus. Marcus is definitely an asset. Capable, motivated. I like his dedication. Hey, uh, keep talking, okay? Uh, maybe until my, uh, sleeping potion kicks in? Of course. I have a call to make, but it can wait another few minutes. You're calling home, I hope. I am. Let's not talk about that now. Okay. So, is it, uh, is it awkward working with Marcus? Why would it be awkward? Uh, because of his giant crush on you? His what? Marcus? No. Marcus, yes. You do remember we're on the open channel here. We both know nobody listens to this but you and me. Except when he's on the line, too. Is he plugged in right now? Hello, Marcus. He is offline, working on a research project for me. Well, he's analyzing that audio recording. Mm-hmm. And he'll work on it until he passes out from exhaustion because he wants to prove himself worthy of you. He has not mentioned any of this to me. Hasn't meant... Sophia, guys don't do that. Of course you do. We do not. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know this guy at all, Okay, and maybe I just don't remember, and times change. I mean, it's it's been decades since I've been where he is. I thought you had those feelings for Captain Sedona. That is completely different 
by which I mean it is exactly the same. Okay, but see, I see, I didn't tell her. I, I never told her how I felt, and, and now I wish to God I had. It would have changed things. Yeah, and maybe not for the better. I know that, but believe me, I only have to talk with Marcus for two minutes to start hearing about how he'd do anything for you and how wonderful you are. And, and it's not just... Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's not like he's 13 years old. How old is he? He's my age. Which tells me nothing. Uh, no, wait, you know, you, you said I'm the same age as... I mean, I was born the same year as your father, so so I assume I am perhaps 20 years older than you and Marcus. Age is truly just a number, totally irrelevant. Well, sure, but there are developmental milestones, typically. So I'm saying Marcus is too old for puppy love. That's that what he's feeling for you is, is the real thing. And I like him, so be nice to him. And did you really just say age is just a number? That has been my experience. You're surprised. No, it's just that you're such a nuts and bolts person you know you're all about the facts and figures and everything's got to go in the right box and we eat breakfast at 0700 and our notions of what is too old or too young have been completely exploded in the last 50 years and you know that well sure that's that's why even though i am literally old enough to be your father you can be my boss and order me around exactly i can be your flight director because i know more about being an astronaut than you do you know more about being an astronaut than i do yes i do okay that kind of hurts because a I'm the one who's out here in space and you're not, and B... Because you know I'm right. Because I know you're right. Well, I am. You just don't know when the guy you work with every day is sighing over you. He is not sighing over me. Yes, he is. And I am enjoying every minute of it. It's good to hear you saying you're enjoying something. You know what? I I think I can't sleep now. I think I really can't sleep and sleep and sleep. Konyechny, you have a go for that maneuver. Mm, That's nice. Make contact whenever you wake up, but understand that right now, everything is under control. Thank you, Sophia. For what? Thank you for being a good doctor. Sophia? Yeah, Mom, it's me. You're calling from Mission Control on the encrypted line. Is there more trouble there? No, for once things are quiet here and I actually have some time to attend to other business. But I didn't want anyone, including people higher up in the organization, to hear us. What are you saying? What's happening? How is Sybil? Is she still... Oh, well, she's not good, Liebchen. She wakes up now. The medicine doesn't help her to sleep. Every moment she's awake, the virus has a chance to grow. You don't have to tell me. I stood here and watched when your father showed the first signs. And I was here when he was snarling it. Spitting like a wired animal. I know, Mama. Even we had to tie him, to strap him, and... It begins again. It will all happen now with my baby. Mama. He was so careful to keep her away from insects that bite and sting. You did everything you could. Now she is going to die, and I can do nothing. There is something we can do. Don't say that, Sophia. Not unless it is the truth. It is the truth. And it will mean our doing things that are against the law. And... And it will mean keeping secrets for the rest of our lives. You know I keep secrets, Sophia. I am good at this. I know. So, what I told you before is true. The Global Space Agency figured out how to safely and reliably put people to sleep for years, for decades. No! I don't want to hear this! The agency built machines. A few. And they work. They can keep a human, a healthy human, asleep, frozen for... Well, nobody really knows how long. And we have one of those machines here. This is one of those places where the GSA did the experiments. You are not seriously suggesting we do this to 
Mama, if we don't do it, she will die. She will go insane, and then she will die. You know she will. There must be some other way. There is not. And time is running out, and that's why I called. I have people here who are getting the cryo chamber ready. I'm coming home now, and together you and I will bring her back here. No! And then we will seal her into the cryo chamber so that Sybil will have a chance to live. Relativity. Episode 26, in which the cure for madness is sleep, starred Alana Jordan and Lee Shackelford, who also wrote the script. Also heard in this episode were Clarence Brown as Marcus and Stephanie Lindsay as Marta Schumacher. Find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, like us on social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.